how can you start a career in dance? That's exactly what we're going to answer in this episode of the Zista Podcast. Welcome to the Zista Podcast, where we invite people from the industry and academia to answer questions raised by students within a specific subject area. In today's episode, we're going to be focusing on performing arts and more specifically on the field of dance. And joining me today is Sanjukta Vag. Let me give you a small introduction for uh, Sanjukta. So she is a performer, a choreographer, an educator and a curator. I think the, the best way to actually describe her is that she's an interdisciplinary artist. So she's done a bit of theater, music, dance, drama, uh, in a little bit of acting as well. And I think, you know, she is a fantastic uh, dancer. You know, she's, she's trained ex- extensively under Rajashri Shirki in Kathak. And she learned Hindustani music under Pandit Murli Manohar Shukla. Now, back in 2005, uh, Sanjukta co-founded Beej, and that's an interdisciplinary initiative, you know, which brings creativity and improvisation to the fore with alternate methods of classical dance pedagogy and collaborative performance. Her work has won many awards. In fact, uh, you know, there's this, I was fortunate to attend Rage and Beyond, uh, which won two national awards at Meta. And Sanjukta herself, I know she's picked up a lot of awards and scholarships including the Vinod Doshi Award for her outstanding work in the field of performing arts and the British Council's Charles Wallace Scholarship, just to name a few. She has performed in India and abroad and her work, her choreography has won her accolades and applause. So thank you once again for joining us, Sanjukta. I'm delighted that you are, you know, here with us today. A pleasure. Thank you. So, um, the the question that we're trying to answer today is, you know, how can you build a career in dance? And maybe we can go one step further and, and try and explore what are the career opportunities that students can explore and, uh, you know, whether it's really feasible to actually do something like that. But before we get there, you know, maybe you can start by telling me a little bit about your journey. I've been dancing for as long as I remember. I think I started as a child. And I was put into twice weekly classes that parents usually put their kids to to get them out of their way. Okay. But I think more than me choosing dance, dance chose me. Wow. Uh, something that I did and it became a part of life. Um, I was one of the senior students of my guru. Mm-hmm. I helped in founding her institution. She is now one of the foremost leading artists of the country and uh, I helped in laying the paver blocks for her. Fantastic. And we traveled all over the country with her. So we got a lot of stage experience, a lot of choreographic experience, production experience and right. more young people setting up a show from scratch. Right. And then I branched out and decided to form my own initiative uh, Taking from dance, music, theater, literature. I've done my MA with English literature. Correct. I was reading about that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's any dividing line between the arts. You know, one feeds into the other. You dance a poem. You set it to music. <laughs> Son, you become part of like a 
time cycle you learn to ride the time cycle as part of your riyas you know as your daily practice and we are all part of time cycle right the night and day and ebbs and flows and the cycles of the sun and the cycles of the moon and so when you're consciously riding time i think it just shifts something in your system and you learn to play with rhythms like rhythms arrive and rhythms fade and so it just became a part of my larger consciousness and so i took it to spaces which are familiar like spaces within kathak and then right. i take it collaborations with musicians from other genres and uh, stories from other genres like i did this poem with an african american author called entozaki shangi okay which is called for colored girls who considered suicide when the rainbow is enough <laughs> was being that as part of my ma uh, course in literature and then when i danced this character based in los angeles and i played right. her and danced her in katha something just changed like the world just converges and becomes a smaller place and your audience suddenly becomes universal so uh, yeah and then that took me dance took me to london where i decided to unlearn the classical form by embracing contemporary dance at the laban center and uh, it was terrifying but it was also freeing because i had to leave behind everything i knew you know i had to leave behind all my familiar technique here i was a professional kathak dancer going to london who was suddenly you know at point zero in the contemporary dance class and I had to unlearn habits that had been formed and that opened doors to so many new pathways that now I see Kathak as the language that I speak in and I can take it to different forums we are invited to literature festivals, music festivals uh, theater festivals, contemporary festivals, classical dance festivals so just the the span of the dance has really opened and also i really enjoy teaching i absolutely love talking to a young student and inspiring them to dance right. sowing the seed which is why uh, i call it beach because every dancer has a different potential to flower in different ways that's that's what i think it's it's just so amazing to hear what you just said because you know uh you've actually talked about how you've taken your dance form and your your basic uh, you know your your art form to so many and extended it to so many different art forms and there's like a merging there's like something coming together and the final expression is something which is an amalgamation of many different art forms coming together beautifully uh, and allowing you to you know also approach so many different kinds of uh, avenues festivals stages and performances so that's that's really amazing but let me ask you uh, you know <laughs> going back um, when you chose Kathak you know there were other dance forms as well so is, was there a specific reason that you chose Kathak or how did you make that decision I think one was just the convenience of having a really really good teacher close to the house okay Second, when I consciously decided to pursue Kathak, because first your parents make the decision for you, right, when you're a child. But if you're an adult learner and you want to pursue a dance form, there's something about just the form that holds. Right. Kathak is a midline, you know, it has a central line where everything converges and it, it is about exploring rhythms 
and I think at heart I'm a musician. So I absolutely love exploring time cycles and rhythms. So that drew me to Kathak. And also the Ganga Jamni Tehzi. Kathak has, of course, songs and dances of Krishna and Ram and goddesses. But it also has the Islamic Persian influence of the Mughals when they came to India. And it's a court dance form and it's like Mughal forts. So that idea, the Islamic and the Hindu becoming almost synchronous, it's called the Ganga Javani Tehzeeb. Okay. It's very particular to Kathak aesthetic. It has a Persian quality in its movement, which really uh, I love. Uh, and I think it makes it unique. It also has a flamenco-esque kind of quality. It said that, you know, Indian musicians went to Spain, uh, of local music and then developed into dance. So all those, um, I absolutely love Middle Eastern tunes and, uh, you know, those Spanish uh, fl uh, flamenco music and all these right. genres are really, really close to my heart. And I think Kathak allows for an ass assimilation of sorts. It's an assimilative form. In fact, many of Kathak's movements draw from ballet as well. Like on these movements, when yeah. <laughs> they've been incorporated from ballet so it's it's a very assimilative form it's not a puritanical kind of this is the form and you can't work it it, it moves into many alleys which is why Kath. so if i hear you correctly it's a it's a form that lends itself to adaptation improvisation and creativity and i think uh you as an artist have really pushed that envelope you know you've you've explored so much I, I think I've been fortunate to uh, uh, witness some of your performances as an audience. And I remember thinking that was just amazing, you know, uh, simply because you so effortlessly have this way of uh, conveying stuff through dance. Uh, and it's not just the dance, it's, it's the end product that you're consuming, right? So it's a mix of the light, the set, the dance, the music, the expressions, the feelings that, you know, you get when you're watching it. So, you know, kudos to that, I would say, you know, you know, you, you've, you've curated, uh, you know, dance even for the Kalagoda Arts Festival, right? I mean, for several years and uh, you've been a teacher. Uh, so I want to ask you, you know, when you look at uh, young students, when you are, you know, implanting that bead, you know, that seed to help a dancer realize their true potential. Uh, from your experience, can you tell us what traits do you typically see in students that actually do well? Or put another way, what traits do students need to succeed? I think to answer your question, there are people who say that you need to look a certain way or you need to have a certain form. But I think A, B, C, D answers the question, anybody can dance. Okay. <laughs> are born dancing. When you come out of the womb, you move, right? And That's right. Home way. So there are some people who move better to music. There are some people who are storytellers. You mm -hmm. know, all uh, walks of life. So to a young student, I would encourage everybody to learn a dance. Whichever form appears to you. It might be capoeira. It might be contemporary. It might be because it, it just instills in you that sense of innate rhythm. And it's about finding the very... Uh, inspiring dancer called Pina Bausch who said okay. I'm interested in how you move I'm interested in what moves you 
Wow. So I go with that premise. So everyone has the ability to be moved by something. And maybe you don't have a musical ear, but you'll be moved by a visual. And now there are, you know, forms are going to art galleries. There are silent performances. There's dance which is not dependent on music. You know, lots of times people say that music and dance are two things that go together. But in contemporary dance, dance is a completely independent form which is independent of music. You know, so you have silent dance forms as well. So where it takes you, you will never know. But I think when you start exploring dance, and I would tell this to any student, in fact, I did this workshop with uh, uh, a business school students. Uh, students okay. Came. Okay. And I made them all move. Boys and girls together who have not moved in years. But, you know, in some ways, feeling that flow in their body will get them to their next creative idea. Or we help them start an initiative or walk an untrod path, you know, because to move from point A to point B, when you're doing it physically, there are so many different paths to move, right? True. There's the space of the dancer. It's body, space, and sound. And so I think anyone who familiarizes themselves with a dance form or a music form, it's always going to empower you. But to be a professional dancer, I would say riyas. I would say dedicated immersion and practice in a form is absolutely essential. You need to throw yourself in to hours of practice. And uh, yeah, if you have that, Nothing can take away our sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I think that point uh, actually is very, very valid. It's something that holds true across different professions. If you meet anyone who's doing really well in their field, uh, the one piece of advice that they can give is that most certainly put in the hours, you know, don't shy away from that effort, that practice. Uh, to, you know, developing your skills, developing the right mindset, developing endurance, resilience. And once you learn the foundations, then only then can you experiment, you know. Uh, so say, Absolutely. you've done so much stuff where Kathak is the foundation, but you added elements from your experience, your, your you know, your contemporary dance learning that you had in, in London. I mean, you know, so don't you think that's really important, right? You know, having a foundation and then layering that maybe with other other elements. Absolutely. But I also think our generation had it easy. It was easy to focus because we didn't have this kind of an expanse, you know. Like today's kids are confused. Like if I was a kid today, I would be confused. Because you have so many options and so many reels and so many people telling you all these things. So it's very difficult to find a focus. But just the training of dance, like especially in the training of Kathak, one of the main things we have to do is stand upright and focus our eyes on one point. You know, so it's just about your gaze being directed at a particular point. And that will help you, you know, just for a while. For that one hour, let me focus and let me turn my gaze inward as well. Yeah. Such an outward gaze otherwise, that it can be overwhelmed. And I'm, I'm not surprised that children today are overwhelmed, including my students. You know, they're like, what do we do? But then you have to slowly, with the practice, with those hours of practice, you also gain that you know, tunnel vision focus that you sometimes need to just get a job done. Right. Now, job is just strengthening 
yourself, your inner self. Because it's it's a it's mental, physical, spiritual. Um, it connects you. Your your your. You know that when you dance, you're not alone. You know you're you have a buddy, which is your kinesphere, the space around you, who's always going to be with you wherever you go. So that's a very empowering feeling. Wow. Like students of management experienced it. Yeah, like like the eyes were shining at the end of the session. <laughs> I can imagine. Sign of success. <laughs> I can imagine. More than, more than your paycheck, if your eyes are shining every day when you go to work, that defines uh, success in my eyes. That's a very nice way to put it. <laughs> okay, um, let me ask you, uh, you know, uh, an important question about you know in terms of careers. So. Now that you're a professional dancer, you know what are some of the careers that you can explore. What 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 can students do after uh, choosing to specialize in in uh, a dance? You know. Yeah, I think if you're a dancer, uh, you have a variety of options available. One is, of course, the traditional way you become an, uh, a performer. You perform. Right. Second is to which most people will know you become a teacher. Correct. You dance, you open a class, and you start uh, your school. Third is there are lots of these dance universities now, so you can uh, affiliate yourself to various strands of dance. So there are your uh, degrees in performance making. There are degrees in a particular dance form. There are degrees in film and dance. There are degrees in theater dance and music. And so you can you know go into a- any of these fields and probably be associated with those universities. But also, when I learned dance in London, we studied anatomy. Okay. So, there's a student of mine who's studying medicine and still continues her Kathak training. So, there is, you know, physiotherapy, uh, just knowing the physical physicality of the body, like how a camera person needs to know the inside outs of the camera. Right? Sure, sure. Answer if they know their body so well and then go into the medical profession, they can definitely. And I think more and more people are finding very, very streamlined on streamlined warm up for dancers, like you have for sports people. Okay, okay, very, very streamlined Kathak and physiotherapy or. Bharatanatyam and physiotherapy, ballet and physiotherapy. I'm sure there are all these micro specializations that you can cover that are going to be right so that's one uh, also management like one of my students is now in Leeds studying dance management okay you know how to put up shows how to manage companies production is a whole new area where you will set up a website for dancers or from social media creatively because when you're when you're actually a dancer, you will know how to film dance. <laughs> True. Because you'll know how it feels. So you'll get that audi- uh, that feeling of the dance to the audience. So there are many, many different... And there's also dance film as another genre that's coming up. People are making okay. dance films these days, which are artistic creations in their own right. Not just right. documenting a dance, but dance films. In fact, when I was in London, my... Uh, Flatmate was a filmmaker and she did her final year project on me. So 
Oh the whole thing became um, a dance film which was actually showcased during the lockdown strangely. <laughs> wow. When all, all performing arts had gone online. Suddenly we were asked to, you know, dig out all our filmed things and put it up. And so that, that film got featured as part of an international fest. So you never know where your uh, specialization might lead. Also, there's research. There's dance, academic research. So there is dance. Interesting. There is uh, dance anthropology. People are doing ethnographic studies in dance. So dance and community. So uh, dance in old old age homes. There are people performing in like uh, children's cancer hospitals and things like that. You know, interventions with performing arts. I think that's very, very... Necessity, necessary, you know, to have dance in different spaces instead of just stages like uh, a Prithvi and an NCPA and uh, an auditorium. It should move out of auditoriums and on to different spaces where more people can access it. Which is so interesting. You know, it's so interesting to hear that how dance is being used as a um... Uh, you know, for for as a medium to cure people, as a medium to alleviate pain, uh, to even bring joy, you know, because so many people in old age homes uh, are are just suffering from loneliness. You know, they're just feeling lonely, and that that time of the day when they can move around, uh, mingle with their friends who may otherwise be grumpy, <laughs> it gives them a chance to just uh, enjoy and smile, and that's so amazing. Yeah. In fact, I have a friend who does work with Alzheimer's patients. With dance, okay. There's a genre called dance movement therapy. Yeah, one of my students is in the U.S. U.S. She's studying uh, dance and drama therapy. There's also okay movement therapy. So that's another thing. Like psychology and dance is a huge uh, option to also. It depends on where you want to specialize and where you see yourself. You know, helping the one. So. I think to summarize what you're really saying is there is so much you can do. And I, I'll i tell you, honestly, the kind of topics that you've touched on today, uh, you know, just in the course of the stuff that you have seen, the, what you've seen your students do. I think it's really amazing because you brought out so many different avenues that dancers can actually explore. And if you are passionate about dance, if it's something that you, you know, felt like I want to make a career in this. The good news is that you can actually seek out one of these combinations, which is dance and and film or dance and psychology or dance uh, and research, for example, if someone is fond of that. And it, it's just amazing to, you know, learn about this. You know, I, I really want to thank you for highlighting this so effectively. Yeah, in fact, we did a very interesting project with my students on Kathak history. Okay. Dancing it instead of reading about history. I said, become the temple dancer, you know, become the dancer in the court and see how it feels in your body to move back in time and inhabit all those phases of history. And then one of my students asked, students asked the most amazing question. So she comes and asks me, Didi, where does Kathak history end? And I said, end. you're making it right now in your dancing body as you're standing here in front of me. What you do is going to be Kathak history next. You know? So it really um, 
it's about the now it's about how you improvise you have this you have all these other fields that you have studied how you bring them together is totally up to you in fact i have a physicist friend with whom i i did a project on dance and science so we did like a, a thing on the pascal's triangle we brought it to life and we were looking at binary numbers and how you know the the dancers bodies become those binary numbers and we actually performed that whole equation wow to see you know so it's it's crazy where the uh, dance can be impact in cern in switzerland which is one of the biggest scientists uh, up where they're doing all the experiments there is an atrach like a huge atrach dancing statue of the metra it's amazing <laughs> Awesome. I think it's come full circle, and you know, I've, I, I, as I was saying, I think I've learned so much. It was such an amazing discussion. Thank you once again, Sanjukta, for making time in your day and your schedule uh, to Thanks, talk to students. Yeah, to talk to students about these different options that they can actually explore. And I, I think I'm walking away from this discussion a lot richer in terms of what you can do in the field of dance. So thank you, thank you once again. Thank you. Lovely being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly did, and I'd encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, if you like to keep getting videos like this. If you're into audio podcasts, you can certainly follow the Zista podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Till we meet next, I'd say, stay stay curious.